Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. I'm speaking today along the lines of our theme for the conference, which is leveraging strategy and technology. And my topic is strategic positioning lessons from Zacchaeus. Strategic positioning lessons from Zacchaeus. In any competitive arena of life, be it education, business, ministry, politics, sports, or in the corporate world, you need a competitive advantage in order to seize emerging opportunities. And so when I say strategic positioning, I'm talking about the key to ensuring that you have an advantage. What is strategic positioning? It is about your overall intended objectives and your approach to a situation. Let's see objectives. Let's see objectives. Let's see approach. Your overall objective and your approach to any situation. Strategic positioning defines the essence of how you will compete with other people and how you will serve your customers or various stakeholders in your markets. It also defines a specific niche for you in your area of influence. I'm sure that you will understand that for everything that we do, it being a very competitive world, you must have something that makes you stand out, something that makes you different. And that is what we call your niche in your area of interest. Ultimately, when you are well positioned, it ensures that you have sustained success and distinct competitive advantage. I'm going to go to a very unusual source to find out or explore how the three main pillars of Springboard, which is strategy, technology, and world creation, can be found at work. And so I chose the biblical story of a man we call Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, from verse 1 to verse 6, to show how to attract opportunities and to create competitive advantage through strategic positioning. Especially if you are operating in a very competitive environment and if you also have a certain disadvantage or deficit in life. So, Luke 19 verse 1 to 6 says, and we are reading straight from the scriptures from the New King James Version. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. 
and he sought to see Jesus or to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was shot. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Let me start by saying that this is a tax collector who had ostensibly heard about all the things that Jesus was doing and wanted to meet him. So four things were clear. Number one was a clear desire. Let's all say desire. How many of us have a desire here? You have a desire. There's something that you want to do with your life, a desire that you have. Zacchaeus had a desire. What was his desire? To see Jesus. Very simple. Some of your desire is to build a house. Some of you want to invest a million. Some of you want a job. Somebody wants a wife. Let's all see desire. Zacchaeus had a clear desire. But there was a problem. The same desire that he had to work with MTN, the job that was open in corporate services, 2,000 other people had applied for the same job. So there was desire, but there was also competition. Let's all say competition. Sometimes in your life, the very thing that you want, several other people want the same thing. Let's all say the same thing. So you will find that whether you are a student applying for admission, a young entrepreneur looking for capital or a partner for your business idea, somebody looking for a job, somebody looking for a client, whatever opportunity you are looking for, there is competition. And so there was a huge crowd and they all wanted to do what? To see Jesus. So one was a desire, two was a competition. Zacchaeus had some assets. That was number three, assets. Let's all see assets. What was his main asset? Who can tell me? Who can tell me his asset? I know you know his liability. What was his asset? He was what? The guy says the guy knew how to climb trees. <laughs> that was a very good one. What else? Yes. Zacchaeus had money. Bible says he was rich. Some of us here are broke, but he, he, he didn't have a financial problem. Amenyo, he did not need money. He was rich. And two, he was professionally engaged. He had, a, he had a good job. He didn't have a problem, even though Paul didn't like him, but he had a job. But Zacchaeus had some serious liabilities too that were preventing his assets from helping him to achieve his objectives or his desire. What was his number one liability? Short. Not just short. He was also disliked in the community because he was a tax collector. Nobody likes tax collectors. So, here was a man who had a clear desire of what he wanted to do. He also had competition from people trying to get the same thing he was looking for. 
he had a few assets that could be helpful to him, but some liabilities that were threatening to cancel his assets. My dear friends, the story of Zacchaeus is the story of most of us. There is something you want, but several other people want the same thing. There are things that you have that are working as assets or advantages for you, but guess what? There are also disadvantages or liabilities. How do you navigate your way to ensure that you can leverage strategy, technology to create wealth or advantage in your life? Someone may have great social skills but be financially bankrupt. Someone may have a great talent but your main liability is that your field is so competitive that no one seems to be noticing you. So you may be a good pianist, a good broadcaster, a good sports person, but there are so many other good people that nobody is minding you and you are like, can't they see I am good? Another person will say, I am spiritually solid, physically attractive, and I'm a great athlete. But honestly, intellectually, I am struggling. I remember when we were in school, there was this guy who, at the intercolleges, won 400 meters to 5,000. He won all the races, all, without any exception. The painful thing was that he wasn't in our school. So we tried our best with the 100 and 200. But when it got to the 400 going, we just watched. Because he win all. And it is said that when he came for his results, he got 9999999 and then in a Greek science he got 8. He ran across the school and ran back at least if for nothing one subject he got eight tara he got eight <laughs> this is a guy who says i am physically fit i am tall i am good looking i'm a great athlete but academically i am bankrupt so everyone has something that is working for you and something that is working against you how did zacchaeus manage to see jesus and get Jesus to, to see him, and not just see him, but call him and have dinner with him. It's a very interesting case study of opportunity. It's all hidden in one verse in the passage we read. Verse 4 says, So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. So, I took up the responsibility of asking myself what were the three most important things that Zacchaeus did? And what can an emerging leader in a very competitive environment do to enable them to have an advantage even though there is competition all around them? The first thing Zacchaeus did was anticipate. Let's all see anticipate. Let's see anticipation. 
One more time. To anticipate is simply to perform an action or respond to a question in advance. When we say anticipate, it means that as a broadcaster, you must be able to tell what the market will, will like next and start providing it before they ask. It means that as a banker, you need to tell yourself what is next, what, what is the next trend that our consumers are likely to lean towards and how can we be ahead of the competition in providing those needs. Zacchaeus was able to anticipate. That means to think of something that will happen in future. To anticipate is to do what they call look into the crystal ball and say, what will happen in 2019? What will happen in 2020? What is likely to be the academic environment, the legal framework, the political environment, the business environment in the year 2025. I was listening to a springboard presentation eight years ago at the Trade Fair Center. And I was watching myself say that a day will come when springboard will be held in one location and people are participating from all across the world. Not just passively participating, but actively. Today, it is right here. The number of people participating online is significantly bigger than those of us in this hall, even though this is a very big hall. What does it mean? It means that if you can anticipate what will happen next, you can begin to prepare yourself so that when it happens, you have an advantage because you thought ahead. To expect something, to look ahead for something, and to answer the question in advance. This morning, I had a very interesting debate with Comfort because we checked on the size of the, the, the town of Jericho. And we found out that Jericho was literally 2.5 hectares big. Jericho, 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 just 2.5 hectares. That is six acres smaller than this property on which this building sits, the whole Jericho. If you measured it in meters, it is the equivalent of 100 meters by 240 meters, the whole Jericho. And if you read verse 1, it says Jesus was passing through. It didn't say he was visiting. Now, we calculated the average walking speed of a human being. And the average walking speed of a human being is 5 kilometers per hour. 5. It means that if you juxtapose that one against the length of Jericho, about 240 meters, Jesus would have crossed in 2.88 minutes. Let's say three minutes. The whole trip through Jericho was a three-minute walk. Allow for human traffic. It's a 10-minute walk through Jericho. And he'll be gone. The man was passing. Why is that important in this discussion we are having here? 
Because the reality of life, my friends, is that several times the opportunity opens for just a short time and it's gone. That big CEO who can change your life, you meet them for just two minutes. It's called the elevator pitch. You climb the elevator and there is the person you've read about in the newspapers for so long. You've seen the person on front page, graphic business. And you are like, oh my God. And you are looking at the person like this. And you can't even say, hello, my name is Albert. I'm pleased to meet you, sir. I've read about you. You're just shocked. And before you can say, Jack, the elevator has opened and the man is gone. And four years later, the thing is still paining you that you couldn't talk. But that's how life really is. My friends, there is something called the unique selling proposition. It is a statement of who you are, where you are coming from, where you are going, what matters to you, what assets you have. And it's a 30-second statement. Everyone must have that statement written, memorized, and internalized so that if you happen to meet Bill Gates in the left, you will stare at him. And then when he's gone, you say, oh, Gates, 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 and he's gone. If he gives you 30 seconds of his time, you must make such a compelling statement that he will listen to you and keep the relationship. So, this was about an opportunity that is open for a short time. And how to take advantage of it. Sometimes, a door will open to you for a short time and you miss it. And somebody gets in. Another one opens and you miss it again and you are like, when shall I take advantage of my opportunities and get my breakthrough? If your approach is wrong, you can try a thousand times and still get it wrong. It's not about the number of times you try. It's about your strategy. So really, anticipation is about strategy. Ask the man in John chapter 5 who sat by the pool of Bethesda. He says, 38 years I have sat here. Every time the angel comes to stir the water, I try. But just before I get there, somebody smarter, somebody more prepared, somebody who understands the principle better gets there before me. What does it mean? Let's say on average, the angel stirred the water once a year. It means that the man has gone for interview 38 times and failed 38 times. How painful to finish KNUST and get second class upper and go for an interview 38 times and fail 38 times. This one, I don't know whether you go to prayer camp or you go to a prophet. Tell somebody's strategy. This discussion about strategy is important, imperative, non-negotiable. So, what does it mean to anticipate? It means knowing exactly what you are required to answer and preparing the answer in advance. Let me give you an example. So, you are going for an interview. You are very excited. They've called you for an interview at MTN. 
Pala was asked earlier on, what kind of questions or attributes will you look for in somebody looking for a job in your firm or working with you? Now, I have seen people come for interviews, very good degrees, great opportunity, and messed up big time. Two of my most shocking experiences, one of these was Tara, a chief accountant candidate who passed the interview but was disqualified because he had body odor. It wasn't balance sheets. It wasn't P&L. It wasn't any of the accounting issues. He was disqualified because either he didn't wash his shirt or something, some sweat that he didn't take care of or he repeated his clothes or something for the interview. How can you have a first class answer all the accounting questions well and miss the job it's not even like a driver job. This is chief accountant. Body odor. But the second one, I witnessed it personally because I was the chairperson of the panel. Somebody who had done a fantastic job, fantastic job in the interview, cruising, cruise control, finishing well. Simple question. Your last job, how was it? Oh, I really learned a lot. It was a great place. I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve there, but I have moved on. Finished. 15 seconds, you are done. Guess what? This lady who we had passed slips to each of the panelists saying, let's just give her the job. Multinational company, brand new four-wheel drive, green. Toyota Land Cruiser, packed in the compound. Salary in foreign exchange. <laughs> Simple question. Your last job, how did it go? Oh, I was the one doing all the job. <laughs> the boss was doing nothing. Oh, she literally destroyed the boss. Like, oh. And I said, really? And that one cried, gave her more fuel. When I said, really? <laughs> she poured more fuel in the fire and totally destroyed. There were three panelists. One was a cousin of the boss she was destroying. One was the MD of the company she was now coming to, asking himself, is that how the world is? And the third person, chairperson of the panel was yours truly. Guess what? Even though we had passed ourselves slips saying, let's just give her the job, we actually withdrew the slips and give it to candidate number two. If you don't anticipate the questions that life will ask you in advance, God will do his part, but you will painfully see your biggest opportunities in life pass you by. I will personally recommend this book to every graduate, every tertiary student, every young executive. It's called Career Starter Pack. How to package yourself, how to prepare for an interview, how to write a CV, how to speak to the issue of the value you bring. When you write a proposal to any of the big multinationals we are, we are dealing with, we had to present and defend the proposals. Tara, we stood in a, in a meeting with top executives and presented Springboard in five minutes. And we had to make a compelling case that, listen, this is the best partnership you can imagine. It meant we need to know about the company, their mission, their products, where we are going, and tell them why we are the best partner for them. 
Don't come and say, eh, they are not helping young people. They are not helping young entrepreneurs. They are not, we need help. No, it's not about help. Package yourself. Tell somebody, package yourself. Tell the person, answer the question in advance. Zacchaeus knew exactly where Jesus would pass. I know Jericho was a small town. But what if he had come an hour late? What if he had come just after Jesus passed? Punctuality is part of anticipation. And during the break, these business leaders sitting here were asking me, why did some of you come late? Why did you come late? If you learn to come late for programs because it is your culture, the painful thing is that you will take it into your professional life and you will be like that person who comes to work late and your boss is standing at the entrance and now you get to the junction and you see your boss and you don't know whether to go back or still come. I recall the deputy CEO of one of the nation's highest financial institutions saying that he didn't understand the, 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 the top, the, the boss. Because when the boss started work the first day, he came to work at 8 o'clock and his boss was there. And he was embarrassed because, deputy, you must come before the boss. He came at 7.30 and the boss was there. The next day he said he would show the boss. <laughs> he came at 7, the boss was there. The fourth day, he said, this is my last try. If this one too doesn't work, I give up. Guess what? He came at 6.30 and the boss was there. (laughs) Punctuality is a critical determinant. It has no color. If you are late, you are late. Don't say they don't like me because I am this, I am that. Don't ascribe any other reason. You either are punctual or you are perpetually tardy or late. Second thing that Zacchaeus did was separate, separate himself. Bible says he ran ahead. I found it so interesting. He says, I have liabilities. If I stand in the crowd, nobody will see me. So he began to run ahead. Nobody has said we are going here, but he alone is going. He's going to wait for them there. Separating yourself is critical, especially in a congested competitive environment in the business arena separating yourself or running ahead is differentiation specialization creating a unique identity for your services or your products it means doing things differently from everyone else in the competitive space Let's admit, my friends, you will find out that when you go to the fishing community at the shoreline, it's only small, small fishes that you can catch. It is the deep end that you catch big fishes. So, separating or running ahead is going for the deep end. Extra mile, extra effort, application, intensity, discipline, commitment. Why do people want the reward before the work? Why is it that many people are so obsessed with salary negotiations and benefits more than that unique contribution they are making to their business? Why? 
It's about making yourself so valuable. We're having a discussion about technology and somebody said, I'm scared because in my industry, somebody just said he lost his job as business development manager because technology is taking over everything. And we said we had had a discussion about this for months in advance on the virtual university. And the conclusion is that if a company has 30 people in one schedule and they say they are retaining only two, the person they retain will be the person who is so good at what they do that the company can't do without you. And very importantly, is the person also who gives additional value beyond what they are paid to do. And the third thing is somebody who has a great attitude. So, for the prospective employee, running ahead is about preparing your unique selling proposition. For the student, it's about preparing a solution that stands out from everyone else answering the same exam question. For the entrepreneur, it's about innovation and superior solutions. But in the framework of Springboard and our theme, running ahead is about leveraging technology. Because guess what? If you are going to the bank to go and deposit money or to go and cash money and go to the, another place to go and pay for services and come back, and I can sit in my office and use my EcoBank mobile app to pay or MTN mobile money to pay, automatically, I'm ahead of you. I can do that one and do 10 more things before you come back. So there are smart solutions that have been deployed in education, health, fitness, banking, business, shopping, in social networks, and even in navigation that can help you live cheaper, faster, more convenient, and more productive lives. Find and use these solutions. The final point on running ahead comes from the man they call Mr. YouTube. His name is Julius Yego. Kenya is known for long-distance runners. And this man wants to be a world champion in javelin. So Julius Yego doesn't have a coach. He goes on YouTube and watches people throwing javelin, the best javelin throwers in the world. And when he watches how they hold, he holds that way. When he watches how they throw, he throws that way. When he watches how they land, he lands that way. Simple. And by constant watching and repeated execution, Julius Yego now holds the African record and the Commonwealth record with a personal best of 92.72 meters. Mr. YouTube, no coach, no money. Julius won the gold medal at the 2015 World Championships and the silver medal at the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio. I'm dedicating this to somebody who says my family is poor. For somebody who says I wish I had a coach or somebody or a lecturer to teach me this subject. 
the good news is that you can go to YouTube and learn it by yourself. May you win the modem and the airtime. So you can do it for free. The final thing that Zacchaeus did that was very instructive was to elevate. Let's all see elevate. What was number one? Anticipate. Number two? Separate. The final one is elevate. Elevate simply means lift yourself above the competition. And this is the most important key. Of what use is anticipating and separating yourself if when the crowd arrives, you are still at the same place with your same height and they come and surround you again and you don't see Jesus. So the ultimate benefit of going ahead was that he could actually now elevate himself and position himself in readiness for the arrival of Jesus. Elevation is about increased visibility. It's about lifting the bar to another level. It's about telling yourself that if they say I was good last year, let them come and check this year's version. It is even more brutal. Elevation is about consistently becoming better and better at what you do. When you elevate, it's very difficult for somebody to copy what you do because they can see the body, but they don't understand the engine. Anyone can copy a slogan. Anyone can copy what looks like the main pillars of a marketing campaign. But there are some pillars undergirding the campaign that you don't know. So you are saying the same things that others are saying, but you're not getting the same results because there is an engine. Elevating is also about monetizing your skills. Earlier on, somebody asked a question. How do you convert the thing that you love into cash? Interesting question. At a job interview, the person who elevates is the person who climbs higher than other candidates. Not just in terms of your qualification and your preparation, but your ability on the day to deliver what is required. Of what use would it have been if after running ahead of everybody else, Zacchaeus did not take advantage of it? Ultimately, world creation, opportunity, is about getting to the place and asking yourself, how do I use what I have to get what I need? So David, in First Samuel 17, asked a simple question. He said, what shall be done for the man who will kill Goliath? And they said, number one, he won't pay tax for his whole life. His whole family will not pay tax. Number two, he will eat free at the king's table. David was a hustler, so that sounded very nice. And number three, the king will give him a wife to marry. Charlie solved his marital problems, solved his food problems, solved his financial problems. David said, I'm the one. It is important to note that Opportunity will come your way, but you must elevate. 
somebody must leave springboard today and say from today I will not sleep till 6 I will elevate one hour ahead of time I will wake up and read something somebody must say I will walk out of springboard today and start an investment account with data bank or first bank with as little as 20 Ghana CDs but I commit myself that every month I will add a little Somebody must tell yourself that I will, I will stop walking to the bank and back every day and wasting precious time by signing up to the EcoBank mobile app and living a simple life with technology having made life so easy for all of us. Somebody must tell yourself that you will part, you'll be part of the new, bold, digital world that, that MTN is promoting all over the place. Somebody must tell yourself that in this year, something that you do differently will give you an advantage. Let me conclude with this. Everyone here has a desire, something you want to achieve. Everyone here has competition. Others who are trying to take that which you want from you or to take the same opportunity you are looking for. You have assets, what is working for you, and you have liabilities, what you wish you had or what is working against you. But in the face of all this, if you can anticipate what will happen in the future and separate yourself from the competition by the use of technology and smart solutions, and you can understand the principles of opportunity and world creation a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, we will meet you in the big airports of this world having just addressed a big international conference and having just received a global award, and you will say it all began at Springboard. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching, searching the light, the light has come. He's a return.